Hey there, I'm Jesse, and you're listening to the Deep Lore Boys podcast, where me, Matthew, and Jackson delve into the random, rare, and often ridiculous pieces of human history. Would you rather live in Cheese Cave or Butter <laughs> or Mountain? Or Butter Mountain. <laughs> they really are hiding crack in the cheese. <laughs> oh, no, it's worse. This is like the most political piece of cheese that has ever existed. This is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a very special episode of the Deep Lore Boys podcast. If you are lactose intolerant, then I would tread carefully because we're going to be talking about a lot of cheese this episode. We just opened an official Deep Lore Boys Discord server uh, just a couple weeks ago. We've got a bunch of people in there. It's a goofing time. And the other day, we got a lot of requests on there for various cheese-related lore turns out the cheese lore goes hard we will have the discord linked on youtube on spotify apple podcast anywhere that we can so if you want to join if you want to hop in and see what all of the cheese is about just go to one of our socials i think jackson's got it linked on instagram right i do have it linked on the instagram yeah. yes awesome i've been working a lot with the uh the instagram and i'm not seeing too many fans heading over there yet so if you all could um head over to the instagram as well as the Discord, that would be greatly appreciated. This Instagram Jackson setup is no cringe, basic white girl, you know, Instagram with no, it is pictures not. of the Bible and autumn leaves. Jackson posts some hard images on there and some good deep lore memes. If you're looking for those, you know where to find them. I found out not long ago that in Missouri, in the United States, in a cave... The United States government is storing about 1.4 billion pounds of cheese. That's a lot of cheese. It's it's a lot of cheese. It is like a biblical amount of cheese. And uh, it's just been sitting there for years. And uh, honestly, it probably will continue to do that unless we like weaponize it or something. Because how do you get rid of that much cheese? Dude, <laughs> I don't actually think it's enough cheese. No, let me tell you, dude, I could easily get through half of that probably how long do you think it would take you six hours <laughs> well okay somebody somebody ran the numbers we'll get into like the reason why we have all that cheese in a moment oh you don't need a reason you're right you're right I, why do we need an explanation how yeah how did they just get it my understanding is that back in the day, Ronald Reagan was trying to help out <laughs> farmers because the dairy industry was not having a great time. Uh, economy, you know, Mansa yes. Musa had come through and given out a bunch of gold and totally, totally messed everything up. And Ronald Reagan was like, hey, farmers, I'll help you out. The government will buy cheese from you and we'll just like hoard it. That way we can keep the dairy industry alive. Because they can't store milk. Milk literally goes bad within like a couple moments. But cheese, cheese is immortal. And so they did that. And I guess they just didn't stop doing that for a while. Because hmm. they got a lot of cheese. This isn't just cheese in a cave, though. This this has a whole bill that they've planned for like what will happen if each state wants cheese and how they're going to distribute it and stuff. Like they're oh, not yeah. just stockpiling it. There's a plan here. It's not just there. They do intend to distribute and eat it in times of, like, crisis or something. Each state that asks for cheese will get 30 million pounds. So I, I don't know exactly how that's going to work because there are states that are more populated. Like, are they going to give, like, 30 million pounds to Wyoming and then 30 million to Dude, New can Jersey? you imagine... Like, 
like the bombs have gone off the world is in shambles you're like in the one percent of surviving people you know traversing the wasteland with nothing more than some like raider armor on your back and you stumble (laughs) upon (laughs) the cheese cave you just walk in you're like starving to death and behold (laughs) the The cheese cheese like i like to think that if that scenario ever happens like nuclear fallout apocalypse everybody wakes up so then the cheese caves just become like the one piece of America. Everybody runs to the cheese. <laughs> Ronald Reagan hid his treasure all in one place. I feel like I just... that much cheese can't be in one place without having like a serious impact on the story of humanity. So does this stuff not grow mold? Like how does it not how does it stay down? There? I think they just keep it cold in the caves and it's American cheese. I have never seen moldy American cheese except in Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Um, <laughs> the cheese touch. Yeah, so the, dude. Do you think the cheese touch is like a feared thing in these caves? Because if you have it, you could spread it to all the other cheeses. Guys, we got to get Rowley here to, to eat it. <laughs> Rowley? Rowley cheese? <laughs> no, just a moldy cheese, actually, because then, then it wouldn't spread. Didn't Rowley touch the cheese? No, he eats he it. Yeah, the, he ate the, the cheese shamelessly. He he is like a biological weapon now. <laughs> we can't let him anywhere near Missouri. You think they have Rowley in the government cheese game? <laughs> He's like the guardian. If they <laughs> did, he'd touch the cheese and infect the whole cave. <laughs> All right, I did decide to look this up just to see. <laughs> it says that Kraft cheese has anti-mold preservatives. Yeah, they're not just throwing it in there. Wait, so hold on. When will it go bad? Will it take like 300 years or will it go bad? Um, in like It says it says craft cheese. So I don't know if this is just all the cheese Dude, they have. We, in might, we might be running things. out of time, man. <laughs> we we, we got to do this. <laughs> Dude. Well, I mean, you only need six hours. So yeah, I can get it. So is the cheese like the elves in Lord of the Rings where like they're immortal, <laughs> but if they linger <laughs> like... in Middle Earth for too long, they start to lose their light? That's got to be what it is. I feel like America is holy enough. It's like it's sanctified enough that the cheese can't go bad if it's American. You think like, America is holy and sanctified? Jackson, I, <laughs> I found a block of cheese in the fridge the other day that would beg to differ. But, you know, <laughs> no, that's how delusional I am. That is how delusional wow. I am. I'm just this wondering, at be. this point, with that much cheese, that like, why are they not just giving it away? Why am I paying for cheese? What I want to see is, like, the ultimate cheese heist ever, where somebody steals all 1.4 billion pounds. That'd be, like, a Gru-level event. <laughs> How would you even go about doing that? Jackson, your phone is exploding <laughs> right now. <laughs> it is, yeah. Dude, the government's How? trying to get in contact Dude, with them. We they, cheese. they were not Dude, happy. Dude, that's what they just texted me. They're like, hey, Jackson, would you like a block? And I'm texting them right now, why yes. I would like a block. So I was about to say that we could try stockpiling croissants. <laughs> Why go bad so quick? Have you ever had a croissant and they go moldy in like oh, two days? Make, like yeah. you can never save them. Well, that's why they didn't stockpile milk. They had to yeah. do cheese because you can preserve it. Wait, what? Okay, we have to think logically here. If we have cheese, what would go well with the cheese caves? We need to stockpile uh, something like crackers. Biscuits. Yeah, mice. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Cheese Cave. Over here is Mice Cave. <laughs> Sounds like two warring factions. 
we're not the only country that's doing this either. What? This isn't just in America. So the European Union had a butter mountain. <laughs> Yo. Just them stockpiling Yo. a surplus of butter. Would you rather live in Cheese Cave or Butter <laughs> or Mountain? Or Butter Mountain. <laughs> but unfortunately, their Butter Mountain ran out by 2017. I thought you were going to say the Butter Mountain melted and I was about to start crying. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It began in the 1970s, but disappeared by 2017, which led to butter shortages. So they what were do you really... mean it disappeared? Were they not making more? Did they just hoard it and then go like, ah, we've got enough butter. We don't need cows anymore. Yeah, I guess they just sort of forgot to make butter. It's weird that the government spent like all this time and money making something that wasn't like an atomic bomb. Like it wasn't anything like that. It was just simply a cheese cave. Could there have been an ulterior motive? Well, a lot of people say that the cheese is laced with like drugs. Like there's there's crack inside it and it's part of a CIA drug smuggling operation. Yeah, see, like I would believe that. No, I feel like that's kind of a stretch. Like, is there any actual evidence for this? Or is this just like, oh, yeah, it's the government's hiding. Well, no, Jackson, it's the government. You don't need any evidence to believe anything. (laughs) I mean, obviously. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The government, shady until proven otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's it right there. Oh, man. Now I think the cheese caves are um, probably a weapon. Probably. You know, I wonder if it's a front for something. Like, maybe that's the actual Area 51 where they're storing aliens. It's got, like, a cheese exterior, but then if you go deep enough in there, they've got some real shady stuff, like Disney frozen in ice or something. Hey, yo, there's a wine lake in Europe, too. Oh, is there? So the overproduction of wine in the European Union, particularly around 2005 to 2007. Yeah, that's all that Wine Lake refers to. It's not an actual lake of wine. Well, there was a Well, there is a river of wine. There there is a river of wine. Uh, (laughs) There is? Yeah, we posted it here a few days ago. Oh, oh, yeah. The, the, what was it? The wine flood? Yeah. A river of surplus wine roared through the streets of a small town in Portugal. This is recent. This was like the other day. It did happen recently. And uh, the first thing that I saw when it happened was no, like not another beer flood, like not again. Please. But it looks like this was not as bad. It didn't look like it was um fatal or anything like that. Unfortunately, however, it did go into the river and it's causing an ecological mess because fish aren't supposed to drink that much wine. If <laughs> the not fish any are getting wine. wasted. Dude, they've, they've, the fish are winos right now. They're going to turn all the fish into wine moms. Oh, oh my gosh. No. Oh, no. So apparently firefighters were able to um, divert the flow. Bro, why didn't they call oh, it wine hmm. fighters? Wine fighters? <laughs> Dude, they, they should have. Like Alcoholics Anonymous. They should have been on the scene. <laughs> I mean, they're good at curbing that kind of thing, right? So this happened in Portugal, by the way. Yeah, this happened in a really nice little town, actually. This was no small flood, dude. This was 580,000 gallons just that pouring down the so street. That makes me so mad, dude. This really makes me mad. Okay, this was enough wine, according to CNN, to fit 3 million bottles. This storage facility that um that flooded... It was part of the government's efforts to keep the wine business in Portugal up. 
Oh no! Wait, did they do it on purpose? Was it a publicity stunt? They were. They were basically the government was hoarding up wine, and then it it burst and flooded the streets of Portugal. See, this is why you need to put it in a cave so that this doesn't happen. Like that cheese ain't going nowhere. Well, yeah, we discussed the great beer flood and stuff back in the day. That was a tragedy. Was anybody drinking wine from the streets this time around? I, I think not. they've learned their lesson. This is also like the Portuguese. Like they're not they're as smarter. Like, <laughs> drinking alcohol off of the street is disgusting. And we've already been over this on the podcast at least once. Yeah, we so, shouldn't have uh, to have said this twice. But <laughs> now that we're here. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. That being said, if, you know. You're really having a rough day and it's flowing down the street. I'm not going to judge you. We'll probably talk about you on the podcast. Yeah, we probably will. Yeah. Press. If you do that and they you get your name out there, we'll talk about you. So. Oh, that, that's bad. We can't encourage people to go. <laughs> oh, we're encouraging it now. <laughs> we're encouraging it. We are do pro it. ground beer. Ground beer. <laughs> I guess street beer would be a better, better term. When Thomas Jefferson was first elected president, somebody gave him a massive, or if you could call it a mammoth, wheel of cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to send you guys the link to this real quick. The mammoth cheese. So Leland was his name. He was a pastor in Cheshire, Elder John Leland. He had met with Jefferson during his time in Virginia, and the two grew to have a friendly relationship. Leland mm. remembered this as he served in Cheshire and campaigned strongly for Jefferson. So then, believing okay. that his efforts helped Jefferson win the presidency, he encouraged his townspeople to make a unique gesture to Jefferson and just called the whole squad together to make this titanic cheese wheel. <laughs> and this thing was 1,235 pounds, so it was no meager wheel of cheese. If this fell on you, you'd probably die. <laughs> you would die. It was like 1,000 pounds. This cheese was made, according to John Leland, without the assistance of a single slave. He also insisted that no federal cow, being a cow owned by a federalist farmer, be allowed to offer any milk. And his reasoning was, lest it should leaven the whole lump with a distasteful savor. <laughs> Dude, this is like the most political piece of cheese that has ever existed. This is incredible. And apparently the cheese had a motto, like imprinted onto it that said rebellion to tyrants is obedience to god <laughs> <laughs> that is the most intimidating wheel of cheese ever made that is such a powerful statement to print onto a wheel of cheese leland called the cheese the greatest cheese ever put to press in the new world or old for that time, it was like the old world was like Europe and Africa and Asia. The new world was the Americas. Wow. Like this was like the greatest cheese of all the earth. Dude, I didn't realize how monumentous this cheese was. Like there was passion put into this thing. All right. So eventually, though, there was kind of an issue because like they made this massive wheel of cheese and then they were like, well, how are we going to move it down to the White House? Because they were in Massachusetts. They floated it down the Hudson River. Eventually, but that was after they had a sleigh. So they pulled it by a sleigh because it was too big to be transported on wheels. So this was a heavy, heavy piece of cheese. They should have just rolled it. And eventually that went to a barge on the Hudson River. So it could start going down to Washington, D.C., but it didn't go directly from there to Washington. They had to take it to Baltimore. And then I guess then they moved it to Washington, which isn't too far. Imagine being part of the squad that delivered the mammoth cheese. 
I don't know if you've ever seen the movie like 310 to Yuma when they're like they're trying to like <laughs> ship a prisoner across like a like the state of Texas or whatever so they can take him to prison where he's going to be executed and like there's all this drama and all these like vehicle switches and all these gunfights and stuff like that dude I think they should make a movie about like the cheese it's like the cheese, cheese to Jefferson and it's like all the adventure of it and, like people trying to steal it the Federalist farmers trying to corrupt the cheese yeah, they try they come out with squirt guns full of Federalist cow milk no squirting at it <laughs> So the cheese was presented on January 1st of 1802 to Jefferson. What an epic date to do it. Right on New Year's Day, Leland considered the cheese an act of profound respect to the popular ratification of Jefferson's election. While the cheese did serve to praise Jefferson, the town also made a political statement in its letter to Jefferson, noting that the cheese was procured by the personal labor of free-born farmers with the voluntary and cheerful aid of their wives and daughters without the assistance of a single slave. Can we also just talk about the fact that Thomas Jefferson cut the cheese? <laughs> that like, he, he really can, did, dude. He say really that. did right. publicly <laughs> as a gift to present to the town, nonetheless. Dude, the Man. cut hurt around the world. About the cheese remained at the White House for over two years, eventually being replaced by the mammoth <laughs> loaf, a large loaf of bread made by the U.S. Navy. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> there's just no there's no wiki there's no description there's nothing it just, oh yeah and by the way the navy made a mammoth loaf <laughs> it's like the sequel they just did it again how much giant food does the government need like they either have giant food or stockpiles of food like, <laughs> like what how... i'm asking is why is this just a throwaway piece of information at the end <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way the mammoth loaf dude i love how like it gets replaced by the loaf like they had the cheese that was going and then they saw the loaf and they're like oh whoa, no oh, forget the cheese rub their <laughs> rubbing no. their hands together wait what oven did they cook that bad boy in I don't... like that they must have cooked the mammoth loaf with shadrach meshach and abednego like they would have needed a gigundus furnace You guys may still be walking with the wool over your eyes. You might still be in the dark. You see, we've established that the government has a lot of cheese. This isn't all without, you know, any sort of controversy or conspiracy. There's some foul play afoot. You see, they really are hiding crack in the cheese. <laughs> oh, no, it's worse. See, cheese isn't what it looks like. Cheese isn't what you think it is. The typical cheese is not yellow. It's never what? been yellow. It's not supposed to be yellow. Yellow comes from plants. It's from a chemical called anatto, which is extracted from anatto trees. And they put the yellow in the cheese to make it more appealing. But the cheese, nothing about the cheese making process turns it yellow. This can't be real. It's supposed to be white. And they charge more for white cheddar that's just cheddar without the ch the seeds. <laughs> like, I can feel the fury and passion this, this is boiling real. over. This is not fake. And millions of Americans are in the dark. They don't know this. What? Cheese is not yellow. It's never been yellow. Is that why the moon isn't yellow? Yeah, the moon is gray. <laughs> oh. 
Dude, this is kind of changing my perception of reality and rocking yeah, my world a little make, bit. I don't know if I like this. And nobody knows it. Like, cheese is not supposed to be yellow. There are some cheeses that do come out with a pretty yellowish tinge, but not, I mean, not the yellow orange that you're used to. So what's the deal with Parmesan then? Is that just they've, they've never bothered coloring it? Isn't there a, um, a bit of a controversy with Parmesan? Oh, there recently? is. Oh, there is. We can segue Oh, into that. yeah, yeah. The microchips. This is more cheese fraud, actually, is that your Parmigiano Reggiano may not actually be real Parmesan. It may taste like Parmesan, look like Parmesan. But in order for cheese to actually be Parmesan cheese, it has to come from the Parmesan region region in Italy. Wait, really? Yeah, there's like only a couple of actual like Parmesan producers in the world. The rest of it is not real Parmesan. It's something else. Okay, that thing is locked down. And on top of that, because people are faking it, they're selling it as the real thing. Uh, and this is causing Ooh. quite a quite a stir in the cheese community. So there's uh, imposter so, Parmesan yes, there on the market. Yes, fake Parmesan, a lot of it. And so Italy has started microchipping their Parmesan? Oh, yes, they have. Not Italy, just the farmers that make it. They've been putting microchips no larger than a grain of sand into the Parmesan cheese. They put that there so that they can track where the cheese goes. And also, you can track where your cheese came from. That's wild. Okay, I'm about to make a Jackson reference here. Jackson, I hope you're proud of me for this one. Have y'all ever seen the hit movie G-Force? Yeah, It's the one where yes. they train the guinea pigs to be super spies. Dude, that is an That's not a movie. Film. That is a art it is, piece. <laughs> it's yeah, cinema. Is a- so in the movie, the bad guy, who turns out not to be the bad guy, but I won't spoil too much, um... There's this company and they're making. You don't want, dude. You don't want G-force spoilers on the. <laughs> no, I don't want G-force spoilers in we the could chat. Just give a heads I, up, I don't heads think that matters. Up. It came out like 2008. Heads like... up, if you haven't seen the movie G-force yet, we might be about yeah, to you, spoil it. So yeah, you better click away. In any case. In the movie, there's this big bad company and they're putting these microchips in all their appliances. They're selling like refrigerators, blenders, all kinds of stuff, coffee makers. And uh, what they end up doing is they create this interconnected network where all the microchips are communicating with each other. And then all of the appliances transform into like Decepticons and start just killing everybody and breaking stuff. And I just, I can't help but think of G-Force you see them putting microchips and your Parmesan is going to turn into a transformer and just start <laughs> it's just going to destroy. You're going to have like a bunch of rich people just like admiring the cheese at a party and then just gonna like transform into a cheese monster. Well, as long as you have guinea pigs, we should be all fine. Here, I just sent you, I just sent a link over here for over a thousand bucks. Um, I can buy a wheel of parmigiano reggiano almost two thousand dollars wow that that's is, a big wheel that had better be some good cheese the finest this is like the ferrari of cheeses okay <laughs> that i mean that <laughs> what color is your parmesan There's a story of why I don't like cheddar broccoli soup that I think I, I might be able to go into. It's some, uh, some Jackson lore. Ooh. Jackson lore on the deep lore, boys? September or October of 2012. This was a time of Hurricane Sandy. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that was a big drama. Holy crap. So I I spent the entire morning doing nothing but watching The Amazing World of Gumball. Oh. There was tons of rain everywhere. 
It was bliss. I mean, for us, not for everyone else. And I got a terrible, terrible weather headache. Like sometimes like the weather and just like the pressure and stuff can sometimes cause a headache. And I didn't think that watching Amazing World of Gumball would have contributed to it, but it did. Dude, it should have cured it. No, that's no, what I it was made saying, it much, man. much worse. So then Apparently. we had cheddar broccoli soup. My mom put out like one of those big containers of Morton salt on the table with the soup. And she was like, yeah, you can salt it up a little bit. And I was like, the stuff doesn't taste that good. So I'm going to salt it. So I dumped tons of Morton salt into oh, that no. soup. Like, I think it was probably more Morton salt than it was soup. And I was already feeling bad and I got a terrible stomach ache with a headache. Oh, geez. Yeah, it was not fun. See, that's the thing. Notice, though, like, none of this is on the soup, though. This is all on Yeah, but unfortunately, it, it didn't help. Just just even looking at cheddar broccoli soup at this point, I just feel like like my head begins to hurt just looking back at over 10 years ago when this happened. Like, it, it was a miserable experience. <laughs> so, so it doesn't give um, you a stomachache. It gives you a migraine. Just it gives a me a headache. cheddar broccoli <laughs> the, soup. The, the mere <laughs> thought of cheddar broccoli soup <laughs> oh, gives me a headache. You know, I was with you guys. You all remember this. I tell this story pretty frequently, but I'll tell it on the podcast. I was with these fellas, okay? And we had these, uh, what were they, like pizza-flavored goldfish? Yes. They were some, like, off-brand. Oh, you guys had that. so many of them. Your mom had just, like, bulk purchased them. She hoarded them like the government hoarded cheese. <laughs> she did. We had so she did. many. The problem was I ate so many of them, and then that night we were at camp, and I got up in the middle of the night and just lost my lunch in the toilet, just threw up everywhere. Mm. And I, I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe I was sick. So then the next morning I got up, I yawn, I stretch, I walk out of my room and I see the bag of pizza flavored goldfish on the counter. And I just like <laughs> gagged and I knew, oh, you knew right that away must have been what, what afflicted done. me. Matthew, what is your uh, what's your bad story with food involving cheese that you ate too much of? I don't know, man. I've really never had a bad. There was a time where I was hiking in the woods. It'd been like three days in, and I forgot that I had a block of cheese in my backpack. So I was like, mm, "That's probably not good anymore," um, and proceeded to eat it anyway. But I felt completely fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was it. I proceeded to climb up a mountain like an hour later. Actually, I shared it with another guy, and he actually had like chronic bad and ran <laughs> off into the woods to go what? take a dookie and uh he went and squatted in a bunch of stinging nettle um, we kind of felt <laughs> wow. bad you found this nasty cheese in your bag and they're like eh, this is definitely bad i was hungry I'm bro anyway. i was hungry <laughs> but then you proceeded to share it with your friend it was all we had <laughs> this was our food I feel like Matthew's been able to dodge a bullet with a bad cheese story like three separate times. Like he's yeah. been there for all of these and he's he hasn't. I am immortal. <laughs> wait, wait, maybe you're the common factor here. Is Matthew like, does he have the cheese touch? <laughs> he's out here poisoning yeah, the in cheese. In all three of these cases, you guys have gotten sick and I have either, I have eaten the same product. <laughs> this and... exact same thing. <laughs> And I have produced. Dude, <laughs> I just give people bad cheese. All of our horror stories. <laughs> they have a common. <laughs> Every single one of these cheese horror stories, you like partook in the same cheese and got off scot free. I ate the cheese, yeah, and I'm, dude, I'm telling you, cheese, it don't have no effect on me, man. I'd be, dude. I'd be Rowley, okay? <laughs> you are Rowley. <laughs> the guy's he's literally me. 
Hey again, it's Jesse. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Deep Lore Boys podcast. If you had fun, please share this episode with one of your non-reptilian friends, and we'll see you next time. Until then, I hope your day is nothing short of interesting. Take care. I'm going to go post that one on Twitter.com.